Did you ever want to have a conversation with the podcast host, their guests, or the other listeners who have the same mindset and lifestyle? Well, look no further because the Move With Love podcast has created the Move With Love Mastermind. It is a group of people around the world, from mothers to healers to creatives of all sorts, where we connect, we hold each other accountable, we celebrate and support through the ups and downs. So if you feel the call to connect, dive deeper with me, April Miranda, your host, healer and guide, or the guests or other listeners, join the Move With Love Mastermind. Go to movewithlove.ca. Hello, sexy souls. Welcome to another episode of the Move With Love podcast. I'm April Miranda, your host, healer, and guide to move with love and not fear. My intention for this podcast is to share the conversations that I have behind the scenes that have helped shape me to who I am today. And I share my team of experts and healers and business owners and artists to help those who are ready to level up in different areas of their life. For today's episode, I am chatting with Cindy Marquez from Dress to Invest. She helps millennials and business owners understand how money works so they can create a clear, actionable steps towards their financial goals and help live the lifestyle of their dreams. Cindy has personally helped my husband and I navigate our rapidly changing world from evolving from individuals to a married couple, to a family, to becoming business owners, to having huge financial goals. Cindy, you have a superpower everyone can benefit from, and I would like to officially welcome you. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you so much, April. Honestly, it's such an honor to be here with you today. Oh, I just want to get right into it. What is the story that led you to where you are today? It's it's a bit of a convoluted story. It wasn't a direct path, but I think that for a lot of business owners, it never is. Um, I had very different intentions for what I wanted to do with my life and where I thought it was headed when I was a teenager slash young adult. You know, I went to university actually pursuing a physics degree so i had i had a mind and a knack for numbers and i knew i was good at it and i enjoyed physics because it picked apart the entire world and how everything works and i was just always such a curious kid i'm like i need to know how does this work i just such a curious mind and then i think part of me you know chose to pursue it in university almost to prove something to the world because right from high school I already felt you know biases being projected onto me that oh what's this little young bubbly blonde female no you know you're automatically judged and so it was annoying that people were so surprised that I was good at math and that I did well with science and like well why is that such a surprise you know like so it was almost like i had to prove something to the world in addition to like i just enjoyed it so i pursued physics but eventually halfway through my degree i think it became very clear to me that i'm like well i don't intend to actually become an engineer 
and this is getting very complicated. <laughs> you know, third year calculus is nothing to joke, <laughs> to joke about. So I'm like, okay, I maybe need to be more practical with my decisions. Like deep down, I knew that in whichever direction I took, I wanted to be an educator of sorts. So even if I had completed my physics degree just solely in physics, I knew that I wanted to leverage that to become a teacher, high school or whatever it may be. But halfway through my university um, journey, I ended up taking a philosophy course, just as like, you know, an elective, something different. And that changed everything for me, honestly. It, finally, I was presented with a scenario, a learning environment where you were being taught how to think and how to think critically and, you know, consider your own thoughts and those of others and weigh them equally against each other, as opposed to, you know, being stuffed with what to think, you know, regurgitating facts based on what the textbook says. Philosophy was completely different. It was never, here's what the textbook says, so here's the right answer. Every class was a debate. Every class, you know, everyone comes forward with their ideas and their opinions and we debate the merits of that and everything is put on equal ground and I really, really love that. And at the time, you know, I was in a bit of a, a rough relationship, a toxic relationship that I didn't realize it at the time, you know, that I was privy to such manipulation. I was just a young female and I thought I had it all together, but I didn't realize what was happening. And taking those philosophy courses helped me grow as a young adult. It finally helped me come out of my shell, think critically and start to really assess the truths around me and, and accept my own truths as well. The things that, you know, my own faults or my own strengths. So I feel like that initial detour from you know just pure science into this okay let's do a double major physics philosophy I, I switched over entirely into a double major and I don't regret it it helped me grow as an adult and helped me see things clearly and that helped me you know leave that relationship at the time too so I graduated and now I'm a young adult you know early 20s and you're expected to just dive into the world and know how to manage that and do it very well. But I didn't know anything about money. And I thought that that's a pretty critical part of being an adult, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a damn thing. And I think, you know, based on your facial expression that you can relate to that. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's fair to say that all my peers could relate to that. No one really knew what was happening because we weren't taught it in high school. Um, you know, I don't know why a thing like that was not made mandatory. I feel like it is pretty essential, but unless you grew up in a household that had very, you know, comf comfortable and open discussions about money, you're kind of just wandering around in the abyss of young adulthood, wondering whether or not you know what you're doing. So, I mean, my family it was a bit taboo, you know, it's impolite or rude to ask about money. So I didn't know if my parents were doing well or not at the time. I know they'd do anything to take care of me and give me what I needed, but I didn't actually know what the finances were like and I didn't know how I should manage my own finances. So I made the choice to go back to school. And I think deep down, I just knew I wasn't done with learning anyway. If I could, I'd be a serial student for the rest of my life. <laughs> but. <laughs> That doesn't necessarily earn you money. It certainly racks up a lot of debt. <laughs> it's the irony of it. But I mm -hmm. went back to school and I took a postgrad in financial planning and that's when it clicked. It all made sense. I'm like, this is important stuff. 
and I get it, you know, like I had a mind for numbers already and I was just putting it in the wrong direction. It just felt like this was something that spoke to me right away and it felt very applicable immediately. Um, at the time I was working in the service industry as, you know, bartender and server. And, you know, I look around at all the other 20 something year olds flush with cash, but easily slips through their fingers just as fast. And I'm like, you know, everyone just seems to be bumping into walls, unsure of what to do with our potential to, to create great things and receive great amounts of money. But we're just like, we let it slip because we don't know how to be fiscally responsible. And you know, what better time to get a leg up than back then? So I think all of those factors really tied into me just deciding, you know what? I know I started in one direction and then I kind of detoured and then I detoured again, but this feels right. At no point did I regret any of those past learnings. I think it all contributed to who I started to become as a young adult and ultimately led me into the industry I'm in now. And it feels very well fitting and I'm incredibly passionate about it. Here I am still doing it today. So no regrets, that's for sure. Wow, and you are so good at it and you're so passionate about it. And like with me, yes, in my 20s and 30s, I'm like still winging it. <laughs> Getting married and a kid, I'm like, I don't, I still, still winging it, you know? And so when my husband, Chris Delis Reyes, started talking to you and invited me to join the convo with you, like it exceeded my expectations. Like I have learned so much from the time we started to where we are now. I feel more financially literate and aware and like your excitement is contagious. You're like, oh, you got to check out your master plan right now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, I, I look, I'm like, okay, just like I get excited. Like, okay. This number goes here. This number goes here and educating me as not just as an individual, but as a partner, as a wife, as a mom and a business owner. So, and you are, you are so well-rounded and, and you're learning and you're sharing with us. And so I, you alleviate the pressure. And I think when you talk about the even playing field, you eliminate any shame or guilt from our past habits that could have plagued us forever. But you come, you approach with such a kind heart and your approach is, um, it makes us feel safe, feel safe to evolve and step into a new money paradigm is what I want to say. Um, my next question is, what were some, did, what, did you experience challenges? Like what were some obstacles or what was like the greatest challenge that you had to overcome? Well, there's a lot of obstacles. I mean, there was a lot. Like I said, I spent a lot of time in school, so I too racked up a lot of debts. And, you know, when I decided to enter the industry, I started off in like, you know, the traditional banking world. But, you know, one decision that I eventually made, I think of three years into it, was to leave the banking world because it didn't feel right. It was very focused on selling products insurance and investments. And don't get me wrong, those are important products, but it was all about that. It wasn't actually about, 
you know, lifting up your clients and teaching them concepts, you know, answering those deep, important questions and leaving them with a sense of confidence and savvy, like you said, like that's what I was really passionate about and why I decided to stick to the industry was to instill that confidence in my peers around me to, you know, I look around and I see everyone floundering and bumping into walls and making jokes about ha hashtag adulting, you know, almost to be self-deprecating about the fact that like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. At some point, you know, we're 30, we're getting married. We're about to buy a house. We're having a kid. And it's just not cute to just throw a hashtag. You want to know with confidence that what you're doing is correct. Mm-hmm. So the biggest challenge was leaving the banking world to go independent because I really wanted to be able to actually provide a means of educating and providing financial literacy. In addition to navigating all of those, you know, products and services out there, but understanding how to apply it for yourself as opposed to, you know, walking into a bank and being spoken at by someone as opposed to engaging in conversation and you know you as a consumer being able to understand and direct that conversation as opposed to leaving a bank feeling tricked or swindled or sold on something that you don't even understand Mm -hmm. so going independent was a huge step for me but as I'm sure you know you can relate as well on any other business owner when you start a business it often means more debts to start So I had all these student debts that I racked up, not even through, you know, uh, an official student loan. They were on lines of credit, so they were expensive. And now I'm starting a business and you're starting from scratch because, you know, you have to build a client base from nothing. So it was, you know, a couple years being independent and struggling financially. And it was so difficult to manage the irony of that situation and, shed myself of those limiting beliefs and the imposter syndrome that who am I to give financial advice when here I am, you know, just struggling to pay the bills. And there's a saying, you know, the cobbler always has the worst shoes. You know, the the financial expert probably has a lot of their own financial demons of their own. And that was very much the case. So for a long time, I was battling imposter syndrome. I was battling my limiting beliefs and it's still something that comes up today you know I feel different now I've come a long way and I have a sense of confidence and you know I understand what it is I'm doing but that was very difficult to believe in myself as the expert when I myself was working on practicing what I preach but I took what felt like an obstacle or hurdle this big block and I turned it into a strength Mm -hmm. to speak to you know to hear you confirm and affirm those feelings of wow you make me feel safe you make it feel exciting you know what that's because I have taken everything that I have struggled with and I have leaned into the empathy and solidarity that I look to bring and you know revel in with my clients so when they come to me with all of these financial guilts and shames, you know, I can come to them with like, you know what, totally get it. Here's what happened to me, or here's what I'm also dealing with right now. So I'm now leaning into all of those quote unquote shameful truths about myself and be like, hey, you know why you should work for me? 
or work with me, it's because I actually get it. I get what you're going through. I feel it personally. I understand what it's like emotionally, spiritually, you know, practically. And, you know, I'm not going to be one who speaks at you. I'm speaking with you. We are having a conversation with each other and I'm imparting everything that I learned to help you grow from your challenges and sharing how I have grown from mine as well. So, you know, telling my truths, the big dirty secrets that, you know, maybe some might look at me and be like, that's crazy. You're supposed to be a professional. You should dress in a suit and have this level of like, you know, greater than or something like nothing. I'd rather approach it on an even playing field. My whole purpose was to work with my peers as a peer. So, you know, I turned that big challenge of struggling with believing that, yeah, you know what? I am an expert. Yeah, you know what? I have debt, but that's because I spent years becoming an expert and taking multiple courses. Even after I entered the industry, I kept pursuing more and more and more. And I became designated as a certified financial planner. That took several more years of school. I am still now even enrolled in courses. And yeah, that costs money, but it's an investment in my future and what I'm trying to do. And likewise, you know, when you work with a professional, that should be an investment in your own future as well. So yeah, that's how I grew from what felt like a huge pitfall and I and I turned it into an advantage for me. And I think that is very well received by a lot of people who talk to me and they can sense the fact that, you know, you feel a lot like me as opposed to, you know, an other, some big expert that is beyond me. I never want to be that person. I'm on an even playing field here and you have all this beautiful knowledge and superpowers that I don't and I have knowledge that maybe you don't, but that's why we come together and it's a knowledge exchange on an equal playing field. Yes. Oh, wow. Beautifully said. <laughs> and it's like you, it's like you healed yourself in that financial area you know and people find it's like you went through that obstacle and that's how you developed your superpower you know those challenges like just got you stronger you know and so i i want to celebrate you for going through that and sharing all of those tips the tricks the wisdom your education your past experiences with all of us because we do feel it and like what you said the even playing field like we do feel seen heard and even just witnessed and like it's like you're like i'm here with you like i feel as though you are holding our hands and like let's go together let's mm -hmm. rise together um and i am so grateful for how you've been helping my family and it's like we're building our foundation and I know we're just going to build up it's like getting a, the clear it's like it's like it was like a, like a demolition of all of the fears of you know it's like okay here are his here's everything laid out like I remember telling you I'm like I gotta tell you something this was gonna be uncomfortable you're like okay cool you know what I mean you just made it feel so light so light and it's like I don't know like when people heal their shadows or even your yeah, trauma of the past or fears and limiting beliefs when you even just voice it out and be seen witnessed and heard with zero judgment it like gets rid of that power and you even created a safe space it's like shining the flashlight on those fears to 
take away the power. And I'm like, oh, that's not so scary. <laughs> you know, even with tax season, I'm like, this is, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, tax season, my least favorite season of the year. Like, it's fine. This is easy. I'm like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I would just hand everything to the accountant. And you're like, no, like try something different. You'll learn from it. And it is an empowering experience when you kind of just look at it. You have an expert shining the light on it or even the blind spots. Like, I don't know what I don't know. And then you being this financial coach, mentor, guide, friend, sister, like it's, it really helps the journey. And I do feel that we are growing and evolving with you in our corner. Yeah. And even what you said about just being able to sort of speak to your, your demons or shames out loud and not be judged already helps you even before the expert says anything you know in reply because sometimes you know you feel that way and, and you know the truth of the matter but you kind of just need to say it out loud in front of someone as like a testament and like have it confirmed that like oh yeah i i can get past this right by by the lack of judgment there it's confirmation that no you're right this is there's more to this this doesn't have to have power over me like you said and you know what in those moments and i'm sure you know in our experience working together as well like there's a lot of firsts for me you know coinciding with firsts for you and your family as well and sometimes when i don't know an answer i'm like well let's do this together you know like i just got incorporated and started uh, a business that way and you know i know that chris has as well and we're like let's do this together we're all <laughs> learning as we go it's and true. that's something i like to share and you know, having those conversations where someone, you know, shares uh, something they feel very shameful about. And every now and then I'll spit out this like beautiful nugget of wisdom. I'm like, wow, that was beautiful. I'm like, I'm almost providing therapy for myself as well and reminding myself that like, hey, Cindy, you, you said something really good there. Like maybe you should internalize that and remember it and absorb it for yourself when you are feeling down or when you are feeling shameful about your own financial situation or whatever it may be. So it is a very symbiotic relationship with me and my clients. As much as I'm helping them, they also continue to help me, you know, lean into my own expertise and believe in it and stand firm in it and know that like I'm doing good here. I see the look on your face change, those aha moments. And I'm like, yeah, no, that is good advice. Like, yeah, take that advice for yourself, Cindy. So I'm learning from myself. I'm learning from my clients. We're all learning uh, and it feels beautiful. Oh, it truly is like this. It's this win-win, this energy exchange as the conversations, the challenges. And you're like, oh yeah, when we learn together and it's like, I incorporate, I incorporate too. I don't know what I'm doing. Me neither. Let's figure it out. <laughs> so it is, um, and it's a joy to, have like a team you know and with um yeah with chris with his holistic connection and move with love like we see it as like everyone has their superpower to help with all sides of wellness and i wanted to bring up because with money it's such a deep convo because you you talked about your parents and it's like we either mimic them or do exact opposite and even just with the lineage of where we came from and uh, let me know what you think about this with um like the generational healing like with 
the past paradigms that have been brought from generation to generation. And I feel with, with the people that we're connecting with, I do feel it's time to shift this paradigm. It's like healing generations of the past to create a new story for the future, you know? And so similar, I'm like, yeah, my parents provided me with what I need and when I needed it, but I wasn't quite educated with how to manage, right? But with now having Bella, having this one-year-old, I'm like, okay, I want to set up a childhood that was like mine, but even or even better. Thinking about her future, thinking about beyond, or even create generational wealth. So um, my question is, is that something that you you think about, like healing this generational lineage paradigm and creating a different future? Like, or is it like a, like, is that big picture? Or do you like just focus on one client at a time? No, it's definitely big picture. And, you know, it's very apparent that, like, I have two siblings and they are a generation older than me. You know, they're 10 and nine years older. So they're Gen X and I am a millennial and my parents are boomers. And it's all different levels of experience and understanding of what, what those big milestone moments should be and when they should occur. And like I said, I didn't know much about money growing up in the household, aside from the fact that like, okay, my parents' motto was, you just need to work hard, just work hard and stop complaining. And that's, that's how you do well. I'm like, hmm, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and even my siblings, they grew up in a different time. Um, you know, they didn't have to take on as much debt to go to school because it wasn't as expensive then. And salaries were still reasonable enough and housing was still in check enough that they could afford to you know start a family while still in their 20s and you know obtain a mortgage at that age as well and move on with that sort of traditional timeline of like okay you're supposed to be married have a house a kid and you know a car and a dog but <laughs> like 25 that was my parents model i mean my parents got married my mother was 19 so it's a whole different world right yeah <laughs> and uh, my siblings as well you know they they started settling down in their mid-20s and here i am you know 32 i i don't own a home i don't have a mortgage I am recently divorced. I don't have a kid and I'm still paying down my debts. And so it's so different. And I, you know, I was being spouted the same story and timelines that for a while, that was another thing weighing on me that I'm like, I'm disappointing my parents. I'm not doing enough. I'm not, you know, hitting the milestones. But again, it comes with looking around and realizing what's happening with our demographic how things have changed you know our priorities have changed as well even in so far as like i mentioned my siblings had you know better opportunities to obtain a reasonable salary and a reasonable home price well now it's like you study and pay so much money to study for four years you get a degree and by the time you graduate your field is obsolete it's been replaced by an app sorry to say you know what I mean like you spend oh all that gosh. time studying to become an expert in something that has now become digitized uh -huh. <laughs> not to say that there are no merits to going to school because again uh, I found it helped me grow as a, a young adult and think differently did I apply the technical stuff I learned physics and philosophy I mean I guess not necessarily but in life yes but my point is you know 
it's it's very different the playing field is different even a salary feels like an uncommon word because a lot of us are side hustlers and freelancers you know we are a demographic rich with the entrepreneurial spirits and we have social media now where you could literally earn an income just being on social media being an influencer for example so there's so much that has changed and even the perception of what's possible has changed because even my siblings demographic they didn't have to contend with seeing these beautiful fantastical lifestyles on social media to bring them down about like you know I'm not doing enough yet because I'm not on a yacht having avocado toast every day <laughs> but then you have to think like what's the reality to that photo and I think by now a lot of us are aware of the fact that for every you know one curated photo that's posted there were a hundred discarded photos that were too real mm-hmm. to actually put out there and I've worked with influencers and I'll tell you this likes and followers do not pay the bills no necessarily <laughs> does not mean you're doing well or that you're successful so there's a lot happening that now I feel like to help with the big picture to help with that generational wealth and you know growth for you know those you're nurturing below you you know Bella you're starting a new generation there I think a big aspect has to come from you know breaking that cycle of being silence and feeling you know attaching taboos to things that are not necessary to be labeled as taboo and so that starts with you and Chris just speaking openly and honestly to each other and again that's something that we work on together right like i help you guys find that level playing field and understand how to approach the conversation of money with each other and now it's on you to practice that out loud and in front of bella not necessarily to her but as a kid you know having those conversations in the same room so she's listening to mom and dad openly talk about money openly talk about their stressors the bills that need to get paid the things you need to do to you know build your business to cover the bills like all of those conversations need to be left from the shadows and brought out into the light so that your child is growing up in an atmosphere where they can see the reality you know they see behind the smoke and mirrors like we already need to go out of our way to teach them about the smoke and mirrors of social media like let's not put more you know falsities in their life at home speak openly and honest to each other in front of them so they learn from you this is not taboo and i and i'm picking up a couple tips and tricks from mom and dad as i'm hearing them talk about budgeting etc and then eventually you know they become old enough where you can directly start to teach them you know practical tools but it really just starts from talking to the adults around you out loud and stop shrouding it in the darkness and even amongst your friends group like just talk about it it's not a shameful thing even if you feel ashamed about it like we all have debts we all have money worries and stresses it's time to just talk about it out loud and that's going to go a long way wow i i am speechless cuz i'm like wow that was a mic drop <laughs> right there i'm like yeah cuz bello is learning she's picking up everything and so she is the sponge and just to talk openly you know and not just in a household but like when you said like with your friends and it is like unveiling of revealing the, the sh- everything out of the smoke and mirrors and just bringing it out to the surface 
because it does it doesn't have power unless you give it power mm-hmm. you know and it's like money is neutral money is a tool we're the one that places the quote unquote heaviness around it we're the one that places that meaning that place that meaning on it and so i'm like oh so simple just <laughs> talk about it you know whether it's whether it's feelings that you need to regulate whether it's money whether it's and it's like you're sharing with your partner or your friends or your children of what you're working on yeah it makes it real and like once you bring it out from the shroud of mystery it just feels less intimidating you know even when we work together and I might um you know teach a concept that to me I feel like oh no I get this it feels simple but to you it's like wow like I've never had that said out loud before. That yeah, that makes sense. I just I feel like this is a huge moment, something I learned so big, but you know, it doesn't have to be a secret. The information is out there. But when we just don't talk about it and everyone feels like, you know, if they do understand, they're trying to hoard that information to have a leg up and present themselves above others, like that doesn't help either. You know, you're just giving more power to this very neutral thing like you said everyone mm-hmm. needs money to function unfortunately but it is just a tool and it doesn't have to have control over us we want to control the money mm-hmm. to have a beautiful life so just talk about it and even amongst your friends group you know it'll change the dynamics too because there can be a lot of peer pressure situations where maybe you know you're often being invited out to i don't know expensive bars or expensive activities that are fun and you want to do but deep down you're like oh this is going to set me back but i don't want to say anything to be the debbie downer who you know ruins plans or feel like i don't want to engage or you know give off the idea that i'm broke or something but maybe everyone else is also just trying to keep up appearances maybe no one else in the group really actually wants to be there and do that thing and spend that amount of money but because no one's talking about money and what their financial priorities are we're all just playing this game to live up to you know that perfect instagram post so <laughs> You know what are we doing? <laughs> Just be honest. <laughs> and it's true those likes and reposts and shares they're not going to pay the bills. <laughs> Maybe not. Right? You like money is just as important as oxygen. <laughs> we do need it to exchange the goods and services for survival. Um what does move with love mean to you? So I kind of hinted at that earlier and you know hearing move with love Um, you know, I think about how I move and operate in my business. And at the end of the day, to move with love to me means, you know, to enter into all my meetings with that empathy and solidarity for the community that I work with, and the community I work for, you know. I could say work for them, but like really I'm working with my community and it's about the empathy and that sense of solidarity that you're not alone, you know, it's not just you. feeling that way, feeling shameful or guilty about things that surprise we all feel. So, you know, people think that they're very unique in their struggles and challenges, but when you come together in a supportive community, you very quickly realize like, "Oh, wow. You too? Wow, that like makes me feel so much better even to know that I'm not alone." So, you know, I bring my superpower and my expertise to the table. as a means of healing not to just you know hold what i know over everyone else and like let's do this together because here's where i came from and i see where you're at and i get that 
and I hear you and I see you and I feel your feels and guess what I have them too so that's what it means to me and I and I put that into every single meeting and any consultation call I get with someone new who I haven't met I I don't talk about numbers on those calls because I don't I don't actually care how much debt do you have or you know how much are you looking to save up front what I'm looking for is the connection you know do you like the way I speak to you do I like the way we relate to each other because I'm about to we're about to embark on this relationship where I'm all about honesty and sharing and I'm going to bring that to the table can you because if you want a stiff and a suit then it's that's not me mm-hmm. go to the bank go <laughs> But move with love to me means, you know, coming at it on an equal playing ground and sharing everything that I have uh, in me to share and hoping to, you know, have that reciprocated. I want to learn from my clients as well. Wow. And as you are moving with love with this empathy and this, this education, but I see it more as a partnership with your clients and your community. What is your big purpose? Like, where do you see dressed to invest going how do you see cindy leaving this legacy or leaving this world a better place well you know there's there's been changes in my in my business i went from just you know an independent individual to one of the biggest turning points and one of the biggest things i'm proud of is that i was working for a small financial coaching company that i have now purchased and own and i am a president and ceo (laughs) and so now my my mindset has shifted from you know just obviously the one-on-one with my clients is very important but now i'm thinking bigger where this is now my opportunity to bring others other experts like me under my umbrella and show them how to move with love show them how to deliver the same amazing results that I seek to impart the relationships that I seek to build with all my clients and keep spreading that so I'm looking to really just now build this amazing community of more experts so that you know I just want to get rid of that moment where a lot of people come to me and they're like oh finally like you seem like you get it like I've spoken to so many people and like nothing feels right I'd like to eliminate that where there's just like so few good matches to be made between consumer and expert I want to build up this space where it's like there is a plethora of amazing people who are going to come to you on the on the level that you're seeking because there is very much a void that is left by the generations before us, you know, working in a paradigm that is no longer relevant to us. So I'm trying to lean in and provide more of that so that I'm not such a unicorn. Lovely to feel that way, honored, but (laughs) I would rather not be, you know, one of very few to Mm -hmm. adopt this approach. I want to see more of that. So now that's what I'm looking to build is to make it more commonplace, to find that kind of support. Oh, wow. Um, Do you have any advice for your younger self or any advice for the listeners right now? So there's two different questions there, but maybe it's the same thing, but what is some advice that you'd like to share with who's ever listening to this episode? (laughs) Wow. I'm trying to think, like, what are some pieces of advice I want to give younger me? Um, Honestly, I just 
I just wish that younger me would have been more convinced of her powers back then because and I think it's true for all of us where it's it's a roller coaster you have those moments of like pure bliss and revelation like yes I can do it all these exciting ideas I'm excited to do it but then you hit the dip an obstacle comes your way you're like no no who am I kidding like I'm not made for this I can't do it you know I'm I'm an imposter whatever it may be I guess I just wish I could have convinced myself to write down those moments like when I was in those moments of optimism and excitement write it down throw it on a mirror whatever again it's it's stuff that you practice all the time you know the daily affirmations you know manifestation stuff that I'm realizing it had a huge role to bring me to where I'm at now even you know buying out the company that I now own it was something that I saw for myself and really wanted you know at this point almost two years ago I, I kind of saw myself here in the back of my head I kept thinking about it and then I made it come to fruition I'm like fuck that wasn't an accident you know like <laughs> I manifested that and yes, you daily did. affirmations like people I think are like oh that's very woo woo or whatever but like you know what there's a reason why there are so many life coaches and you know meditation experts like this stuff has so much weight to it so I just wish I leaned into it more and took it more seriously back then because it certainly has gone a very long way to help me lean into my power so there's advice for listeners it's you know listen to april <laughs> and what she's got to say because i wish i met you earlier you know i'm sure you feel the oh, same wow. way but like i wish i met you earlier to help me in my mindset to help me lean into becoming the expert because you know i helped convince you of your own financial superpowers and mm -hmm. you know you and people like you helped convince me of my own you know mental and emotional and spiritual superpowers and <sighs> the two go hand in hand so i just wish we we took ourselves seriously from, from earlier on instead of being so self-deprecating and you know making jokes about our shortcomings with hashtag adulting <laughs> do it that's funny no, it's not <laughs> Oh my gosh, ain't that the truth, but I am so grateful for meeting you and not just this partnership, but I do feel this friendship that we will continue to learn and grow and elevate and rise together. Um, I will always be here in your corner, <laughs> reminding you of your manifesting powers because you are powerful <laughs> and I want to celebrate you with where you have been and where you are now. And I don't want you to take that lightly because yeah, you did create that. That's how powerful you are. And I wanna thank you for sharing your story, your expertise and just your magic with all of us today. I appreciate that. You know, you stand with me and I too with you, April, honestly. Oh, thank you. Um, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram at dressed to invest or my website uh, www.cindymarquez.com. And that is a wrap of another episode of Move with Love.
Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please go to the Move With Love website, movewithlove.ca for the highlights, the insights, and links that were mentioned in the episode. Until we connect again, share the message, adapt the mindset, live the lifestyle. Let's move with love together. Hey, Soul Family, can you do me a favor? If you found value in the content in today's episode, please share it with your community, subscribe, or leave a review. Those little action steps mean the world to me. Not only are you sharing the message, you are planting karmic seeds that will pay you back tenfold. I see you and celebrate you continuously showing up and moving with love.